So um, we'd like to give our sincere sincere apologies to all of our Ferrum fans last uh, for last week's overrated champ against Hamden Sydney. That didn't go well. Did not go well at all. Only was by two touchdowns, but um, could have been a lot better. Could have been better for sure. It's a good game, just not a good game for Ferrum. Yeah, I mean, it, high scoring could have been better. Could have been better. Could have been a lot better. All right, yeah. All right, we're going to get started. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Owen Sponick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is episode nine of the Panther Pod. Every time we say it's going to be a bad college football week, it comes back to bite us in the butt. Which is fine for me. Like, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it being like a bad cup. Co- for that coming back to say, it, you know. Yeah, I would rather it come back to haunt us than for it to be a boring college football week. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, now, it wouldn't, now the games we picked weren't that exciting. We should have picked better games, I feel like. Yeah, that that was on us, yeah. honestly. But, I mean, it was slim pickings. We didn't know what was going to happen. So Yeah, I mean, I, you can't. You can't you can't win them all. No, you can't. Um, especially for some of these teams, you can't win them all. Minnesota, thirty four sixteen over Maryland. Woohoo! Yeah, good for them. Uh, I think you picked that one. Correctly. No, I picked Maryland. You picked. Oh, you Min- picked Maryland. You picked Minnesota. Oh, one and zero. Starting out one and zero. Proud of you. Proud of you. Come on, uh, Notre Dame beating USC. I think we both picked we pick Notre bo- Dame. We, we both picked Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame one thirty one sixteen. Texas A&M curb stomping South Carolina. We both picked this one again. Yeah, Beaver <laughs> ball is running wild down there in South Carolina. South Woo! Carolina, if you if you need to talk, just let me know. <laughs> uh, any Texas Gamecock A- fans? Yeah, if any Gamecock can, any Gamecock fans, if you haven't checked into therapy already, just let me know. I've got some numbers listed for next week. <laughs> Texas A&M mm-hmm. Uh Pitt versus Clemson. Pitt won. 27-17. Unfortunately, I called this one. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because I know that's a big-time rivalry for you. Yeah. But, hey, at least but they I'm glad to West see Virginia. Clemson, I'm, yeah, they didn't beat West Virginia, but I am glad to see Clemson go down. Like, it's just nice to see those top teams struggling. If Now, if only we can get Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma to those years, that would be even better. But Oklahoma's time is coming. Oh yeah, within for sure. the ne- within the next two years when they go join the SEC, yeah, because they'll get smacked. Oh yeah, they'll do. It a little happens bit. every single year in the uh, champ or in the uh, semis. Yeah, in the semis. Oklahoma yeah. gets smacked. Oh yeah, I don't understand why they think it's a good idea to join the conference that usually smacks them. Well, see, they'll do. I think they'll do better than Texas. Oh, for sure. They'll do better than Texas. The only reason why Texas is joining the SEC is to keep uh, keep up the Longhorn brand. It's and just for the money. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. SEC, the SEC likes that money that the that Texas brings, mm-hmm. and the money Oklahoma brings as well. But mostly Texas. Texas brings in a lot more than Oklahoma does. So, uh, well, I mean, that's that just goes back business to the brand move. Again. It was a very smart move, but they just they screwed everybody over with how they did it. You know, I honestly don't think Oklahoma and Texas are going to last that long in the SEC. Just because the SEC is very unified front about everything. Oh yeah, and Texas and, I think and Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma think they're they're too good for that. But on the plus side, though, like that's no longer going to be a thing in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, that's that's really been the whole issue with teams in the Big Twelve is the fact that Oklahoma and Texas run everything, and they're still not happy about it. You know that they they literally make up the rules of the conference, and they're unhappy about it. Yeah, I agree with you there, and. 
yeah, and just money wise, I guess like Texas is tired of carrying the boat. But here's the thing too: it's like you get the same, you like Alabama gets the same share as Vandy, whereas Kansas gets the same share as Texas. What's Texas going to do when they realize that South Carolina and Vanderbilt and Arkansas are going to have the exact same share? Are yeah. they're, they're going to have the exact same share? I, w- I shouldn't say Arkansas, Mississippi State. Yeah, I agree gonna, with you there. They're going to have the exact same share as what you're getting. Yeah. Now you're going to boost it more. You're going to get about six, 60 mil a year. Oh, yeah. Now. No, you're, you're going to have more revenue as a conference. Yes. But. But Texas, you, all that money isn't going directly into Texas. Yeah, Vandy's not pockets. getting twenty, and you're getting eighty. That's not how it works. No, that, and that's why the SEC is so powerful. Is because Greg Sankey says, okay, t- like when Texas and Oklahoma join, they said Texas A&M, you can have your little fit that Texas is now joining, but we're going to go behind closed doors. And it came out a unanimous unanimous vote. Yeah, so. because SEC is always on a unified front. And I think you made that comment before. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and most conferences are, you know, Big Ten is that way. That's why they're so dominant. Yeah. ACC, I guess you could say that. They're just level, their level of competition has gone way down. Yeah. Ever since Clemson has went off a cliff. Yeah, I know. And, and Miami and Florida State aren't there anymore. So yeah. it just, it just happens. But game, game of the week, game from of the week. top five Absolutely. last week. Uh, ULL, Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, Raging, um, beat Arkansas State 28-27. That's close, a lot closer than what we thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, honestly, Louisiana Lafayette should have blown out Arkansas State, but eh, we'll take a win. Yep, I, and Arkansas State, yeah, they got, um, I don't know if you saw this, but they played Coastal two, three weeks ago and had one guy get sent to the hospital. Oh, Lord. Wasn't even that bad of a hit though. That was what was weird is that he just landed. just the way he hit him. I guess or the way he landed. I don't I don't know what happened, but put him on a stretcher, sent him to the hospital. It was yeah, it was not a fun time. Mm. So but um but you know, Arkansas State has those injuries, but um yeah, they played a good game. I was yeah, impressed. Absolutely. I was very impressed when I saw that score. So uh speaking of injuries and we'll we'll kinda go into this. Yeah. A little bit later, but LSU's losing their bye week. LSU is losing their bye week this week. We were unable to hold practice Wednesday because we had too many injuries. We were unable to hold a full practice because we had too many injuries. So LSU beats LSU. Wow. <laughs> I I'm honestly at a loss for words. Like I get it. It it's this time and I'm thankful that it's this week and not any other week. Yeah. Because at least we get a chance to heal up after the injuries. But still, come on. I know. I know. But you know who is uh, in disbelief still? Who? Oklahoma and Kansas fans. Both of them. Oof. Both of them. You cannot tell me that Oklahoma is a better team than any of these others in the Big 12. Kansas had them beat by at least... A touchdown or more for three quarters. Oh yeah, for three quarters. I will agree. This with is you there. Kansas we're talking about. Okay, who just fired Les Miles because he went one and eleven? You're. How does that happen? And as you know, I thought Caleb Williams was going to be the savior of Oklahoma football. Oh well, okay. They said the exact granted, same now, thing about Spencer now, Rattler. I will say, granted, he actually did save them the game. Did you see that move that he made? I did. That was awesome. For that was a heads up play. That was a heads up play. And as a Kansas football player, 
what are you supposed to do? You don't yeah, expect nobody. You, you don't expect do no, nobody to, you know. And he didn't just like here, give me the ball. No, he said, I'm taking the ball. Like yeah. he took the ball and made a fourth. You yeah, know. to convert that fourth down conversion, and yeah. I mean that saved the game for mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Without that kind of heads up play from Caleb Williams, like grabbing the ball from the running oh, back yeah. and running those two three yards that he did, yeah. they wouldn't have won that game. But just think about this now. You you know like they get what's Lance Leop, What is Lance Leopold doing up there at Kansas? You just held the fourth ranked team to less than fourteen points for three quarters. Yeah. I mean, right at 14 points. Right at 14 points. Yeah. So, like, you were one point away from winning the game going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, the score going into the fourth was 14-13 Oklahoma. And even then, you can make the case that Kansas should have won that game. No, the score going into the fourth. Oh, excuse me. The score, the score going, going into the fourth was 16-14. 17-14. 17, 17, 14, 14. Yeah. I can't do math. <laughs> it's okay. It's that LSU it's education. Wow. <laughs> I can't say nothing. I can't wow. say Wow. West Virginia yeah, fan no, is talking I, yeah, right yeah, now. I know, I know. I can't say much, but <laughs> I can't say much. But, yeah, no, Kansas was – I'm baffled, really. I'm baffled. And really, it got to the point where, like, just Oklahoma has more talent when it came into the fourth quarter because they scored. Oh, yeah. um, they scored twenty-one in the fourth. Scored twenty-one in the fourth, so they scored fourteen unanswered. Uh, well, not fourteen unanswered. They scored fifteen unanswered points. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, you know, that's. I don't know. Man. It's one of those where you expect Oklahoma to win, but you, not in that way. Yeah, no, absolutely not, not in that way. I was expecting a uh, going into halftime. Kansas was winning, was beating Oklahoma. Oh yeah, I mean it's it says something when Kansas had more rushing yards, and then their main wide receiver had more receiving yards than anyone else on Oklahoma's roster. Mm-hmm. So it brings into question: Okay, is Caleb Williams just spreading the ball around, or was Kansas's defense just that good? Um. Like, I'm going to say a little bit of both. Yeah, because I I think Caleb Williams, being a Saints fan and being an LSU fan, when LSU had Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham Jr., it was a three-man show. Mm -hmm. It was um, our quarterback at the time, Odell and Jarvis. That was it. And I believe our quarterback was Matt Flynn, I think. Where's he at now? Uh, he was backing up Aaron Rodgers for a while, which got to love it. Not anymore, though. No, not anymore. <laughs> um, and I think he's a free agent now, or he's retired now. Yeah. But, and then in the Saints case, when you have Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, or Drew Brees, Marquise Colston, yeah. if you have that very predictable style of offense where you are only focusing on one guy on your entire offense, you're going to get shut down. Yeah. So... I mean, credit to Caleb Williams for attempting to spread the ball around, but at the same time, it's like, okay, Oklahoma, you might need to recruit some DK Metcalfs mm-hmm. next year and just absolutely throw in a ringer or something. Something, because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just – nothing was working for those three quarters for Oklahoma, which was very odd that, like, just – Nothing, nothing. Yeah. But K- and I'm not saying everything was working for Kansas, but it was working well enough to be beating them, you know. So, speaking of working well enough to be beating for um, two and a half quarters, mm-hmm. one and a half quarters, maybe. Cincinnati Navy. Yeah. 
27-20, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Cincinnati. This is the second week in a row where the number two team in the nation, well, not the second week in a row. Last week, Iowa lost, mm-hmm. number two. Mm-hmm. This week, Cincinnati almost lost. I know. I was very – Unranked one in six Navy. I was very – I was. They had, they had some real issues with Navy. I was really worried that – I was really worried that Cincinnati was going to lose because I didn't want to see them – go down but i was glad to see them win and they're still at number two i was just i was really hoping that like the curse of the number two just doesn't you know yeah or whatever so they're i think they're holding up well they you know they i mean ritter looked fairly impressive 16 or 18 for 30 176 and two touchdowns yeah you know so yeah i i i really 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 want to see them really want to see them in the semifinals. And here's the thing. Here's what will be so great is if they go to the semifinals, they're still number two and Oklahoma is still fourth. Oh, yeah. Because then you get Oklahoma and Cincy. Exactly. They get that that little playing time together. But also, if Cincinnati wins, what is that? That sends sends shockwaves. It sends message. It sends a huge message out to the entire country that, hey, the Big 12 just picked up a real contender. Oh, yeah. For sure. And... Oh well, Oklahoma's going to the SEC, and what's the SEC? You know, yeah, we don't need them. Yeah, SEC's not picking up competition. They might be. Pick, I mean, I, Oklahoma's still competitive. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, they're just picking up the paycheck. Is what is really what they're wanting. You know, that would be really like delicious to see. Just to see like Cincinnati take down Oklahoma. To, Do we really have to talk about the next one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we. For reference, we do we do go off notes just so that way we we can be a little consistent with our talk. Spontaneous. Um, looking at our next one, I just giving it away. I don't want to talk about them. I really don't. I hope that Tennessee would have beaten them. And, and ten- for three quarters, it looked like again. It. Here we have another Kansas Oklahoma situation. Is that Tennessee almost beat Alabama? They were beating Alabama. Yeah, twenty four seventeen for three quarters, and then Alabama scores four touchdowns in the fourth. And this is like I'm saying too is like with Kansas, they just got like Alabama just had the ta- they have the talent. You know, like that's yep. just the issue is they they got outplayed by talent. You know, because obviously everything that Tennessee was doing was working during that fir- during those first three quarters. But just that fourth quarter, you know, when you're a guy that maybe isn't as t- or isn't as talented as an Alabama kid or as like as a top tier team, it wears on you, you know. Yeah. You know, so I just man, I was really hoping Tennessee won. I was Brian really hoping Robinson. I mean, three touchdowns. I'm pretty sure two of them were in the second, and then one was in the fourth to seal the game. It's like if you have a rusher. Rushing for over a hundred and three touchdowns, you're done. Yeah, there's no way. No. Yeah, no. It's it's rough to defend against that, but um, I tell you, I was really hoping Tennessee won. I was really hoping Tennessee won. Yep, me too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but then they, but then Alabama would have to come with fire and fury coming against y'all, you know. Well, <sighs> and they get a bye week right before they face you. So how does that make you feel? We're both on buys. So it's know. fine. Yeah, but Alabama's We're on a good. Bye. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I I'm don't want to talk about it's it. It's fine. Really, it's fine. We're good. It's fine. I'm already checked into therapy. I'm stocked up on my antidepressants. <laughs> We're good. It's fine. <laughs> if I'm not here the next week, then it's not fine. 
but it's fine right now. In two weeks for episode 11, we may have, (laughs) I may come on the show myself, so Cole does not have to speak. That would be appreciated. (laughs) I'll bring on a guest host. We'll bring Nick back or something to help me host here a little bit. We can, and we just hear Cole sobbing in the corner. It's like, hey, buddy, you want to talk about the Alabama game? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) But I think there are some people that don't want to talk about the game that they just faced this week, and that's Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. Fuente, done. Gone. gone. Out of there. There's no way. Out of there. There's no way. If LSU picks up Justin Fuente. Because <laughs> that's a very real possibility. Oh, no. You go through Dino, or not Dino. I'm sorry, Dino. I'm looking at the Syracuse thing. You go through, you go through like choices like possibly Dabo, possibly Lane Kiffin, possibly all these other people. And then, then you, you have pick. Justin Fuente. And then you pick up, hey, let's just go with Justin Fuente. He wasn't very successful at, te- at Virginia Tech in an ACC school. Maybe he'll be for. He'll be competitive at like an SEC level. You never. Hey, Owen, you want me to answer that question for you right now? Sure. No. Yeah. <laughs> but just you wait. That'll be the hire that gets me. If that's the hire, I'm going to lose it. It won't be. Look, here's the thing: athletic departments and athletic programs sometimes are stupid, but I don't feel like they're that stupid. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daggy. No, 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 no. That's the, technically that's on the coach. Yeah, like, well, still. but I'm gonna be honest too. That wasn't even the coach. It was Daggy's decision to come to West Virginia. Yeah, we'll get on that later. But I mean, I'm not upset with him this week. Oh, of course you aren't. Going into our top five this week, we got Baylor, Texas. Mm-hmm. Number 19, Baylor, I think. Uh, 16. Ah, oh, Owen. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have a dog in this fight. I. I, I want Baylor to win just because horns down. Uh, I'm t- Bohannon looks good. Yeah, he's thrown twelve touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. How many picks is he? He's only I know he's only one, thrown one of his career. How many has he thrown? Did he throw one last week or in the? I don't think he did. I don't. He couldn't have thrown one last week because there was a bye week. Yeah, um, they're, they're both of them are coming in off of a bye week, so this this would be a good game to watch. Yeah, they'll both be well rested, um, and we're looking forward to it. It's it's at Baylor, and I'm gonna say I got Baylor winning this one. I mean, just oh yeah, for sure. Dave Aranda is a dangerous head coach. Oh yeah, it's the quiet ones you gotta be you gotta watch out for, and he's and everybody wants to go for the hot, flashy like offensive coordinator to head coach, like promote the offensive guys, but you really, to be honest, you really need to look at the defensive guys because those guys. Those coaches who are def- who are defensively minded, mm-hmm. they usually do pretty well. Yeah, not saying that like there are coaches the offense. Well, look at Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Who's a who's a defensive minded? Yeah, coach. You know, and it, and it and it is. Excuse me. It is just it. It's something like there's just something about it there that there's not many defensive head coaches or from there's not many head coaches that went from defensive coordinator to head coach that didn't have success or some type of success. We always see the offensive coordinators that go to head coaches. Some have success, some are Lane flops. Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't even know if what, – who what was Saban before he was a head coach? Was he an offensive coordinator? I'm pretty sure Saban was a defensive coordinator. I'll see. There you go. There's another yeah. one. But you, you just got all these guys who are just – Neil Brown. He's not – I'm just saying, like, he's – Neil I can't really say Ed Orgeron because he was a defensive line coach before he was promoted to interim. Yeah, 
And then, so, well, and like Dabo, he wasn't an offensive coordinator. He was a wide receivers coach. At, yeah. So, you know, it just it happens. But I, Dave Aranda is building something at Baylor. Granted, he, he left. Matt Rule set the foundation, which was not a bad foundation at all. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, look at what he's doing with the Panthers right now. Uh, the Panthers aren't doing so hot, though. Yeah, but Sam Darnold's experiencing a renaissance. He's yeah, he's doing a little bit better. I will say though, I don't I don't like the move that he made from Baylor to NFL. I really don't like that move. He was only at Baylor for two, three years, something like that, and went to NFL. I don't like that. Well you know, like that show that kind of shows that what you're really in it for. But and and here's the thing too, is I think he made the right decision getting away from Adam Gase. And the Jets as soon as possible. Yeah, because I I truly think Gase he, Gase does not deserve to be a head coach in the NFL. Ed Orgeron deserves to be a head coach in the NFL before Adam Gase does. He'll be he'll be the new um the new New York Jets. No, the New Orleans coach after after Sean, after Sean Payton after Sean Payton's gone. I can dig it. <laughs> hey, Louisiana fans would love it. They would love it. They'd eat it up. You know, and he wouldn't really be moving that much. No, you know? I mean, it'd only be an hour. Exactly. Baton Rouge, New Orleans. So, there you go. Now, um, he, I bet he'll go. What if he goes to Ra- to the Raging Cajuns? That would be wild. I would love it. Now, I'm gonna I say, would love it. I think, though, here's, here's what I'm going to say. I think he goes to be with the Red Raiders. Texas Tech? I think so. I can see it. I could see him going. If he doesn't go there, he's going to go to a group of five. I don't think he's going to go to any... Like big name power five school. No. He's not gonna go he's not gonna get the USC job. He could. I he, mean he's coached there before. Has he really? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he was interim. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then uh they fired him because he didn't fit in with USC's brand. Uh I know since, what that means. Yeah, since he I know was, what that means. Since he was like good old boy down from Louisiana. Yeah, from the South. Good old boy down south. And the dressiest you would ever see him in is a polo. Yeah. And USC is very well, suit but and tie he, well, West he was Coast. he was a he wore a suit and tie. You saw that video I sent you. He wore a suit and tie through that. Yeah, but like still, yeah, it's not it's not his forte. That's not yeah. what he. Yeah, no, I get it. Going into our next game, Michigan, Michigan State, number sixth ranked Michigan takes on number eighth ranked Michigan State at Spartan Stadium. Shout out Ethan Berger. I know you're going to be really Shout paying attention. Out Ethan Berger. Both are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Peyton Thomas. Has thrown for seventeen oh one so far mm-hmm. and fifteen touchdowns. I think he's fifth or sixth in the nation right now. Something like that. I don't know, man. This is like this is like ultimate little brother, big brother type. Oh yeah, you know. This is very much. Hey, I showed you how to play this game when you were younger, and now you have a chance to beat me. Yeah, and they have beat them before uh, multiple times. Multiple. I think the only reason why Michigan is ranked as high as they are. Mm-hmm is just because of the brand. I think Michigan is just as bad, if not worse, than Texas. They are the Texas of the Big Ten. I'm going to say I'm gonna say Michigan State. I'll, I'll go Michigan State as well. I think Michigan think State. So? And I honestly don't even think it'll be an upset. I think just if you because, look at of, the rankings, just because of the rankings, but they're both undefeated. Yeah, I don't know. But the issue with Michigan State is, is you look at their schedule and you say, well, who have they played? Well, they played some Big Ten opponents, but I mean, they some, haven't played your no. Ohio State. They, this would be their first game, their first against, real test, I guess. Yeah, against yeah. a higher ranked opponent. I don't. I really don't know. It's going to be a close game. I'm going to go Michigan State. 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna agree I think with I'm you. I'm going to go Michigan State. I'm going to agree with you for yeah. sure. That, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, Definitely a good game to watch, though. Yeah, another good game to watch: Ole Miss versus Auburn. SEC, baby. Oh yeah, you know uh, Bo Nix versus Matt Corral. Yeah, it's going to be, and I think this brings into question what Bo Nix is going to show up for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be LSU game Bo Nix, or is it going to be Georgia State Bo Georgia State Bo Nix? It. I mean. I feel like if Bo, the Bo Nicks who played against LSU shows up to any game, Auburn isn't going to lose another game all year. Not against Ole Miss. I, I think Ole Miss is too, like you said, lane train is a coming. Lane train. It, um, it's pulling right into LSU. <laughs> or they did. They're pulling out right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> can't spell LSU without now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Um, this is another ranked game. Mm-hmm. So Ole Miss is 10. Auburn is 18. Uh, Ole Miss is 6-1. and one, Auburn is 5-2. and two. Both have one loss in conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I honestly don't know who. I think this is a toss-up game. I'm, I think it leans Ole Miss. I think yeah. it leans Ole Miss just because of Matt Crowell. I think it, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is just consistent. Yeah. The over-under is 66. Man. I'm going to go with Auburn just because I truly think that Bo Nix is going to show out. I can't pull against the lead and Heisman candidate. I That's can't. fair. I can't. I got I got I got to go Matt Crow, you know. I just yeah, no, he's just the consistency is what gets me. Bo Nix we're sitting here questioning is Bo Nix going to be which Bo Nix are we going to get? We know which Matt Crow we're going to get. Like there yeah. is not which Matt Crow. It's oh no, Matt Crow showing up. So, I think I think Ole Miss gets the win. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta go Auburn, just just to just to. I agreed <laughs> with you on Michigan State. I gotta I gotta go Auburn. Uh, yeah. yeah, SMU Houston. Uh, this is a group of five. This is group of but five, but soon to be a possible power. Like Houston is going to be a po- is going to be a power five team. SMU is a possible Power Five team because They're both undefeated in the American. Mm-hmm. Tanner Mordecai, he's another Heisman candidate. Two thousand three hundred and twenty passing yards mm. and twenty nine touchdowns. Mm. Mm. And SMU is also ranked too. A cool last name, Mordecai. Mordecai. Him. Mordecai. Come on, like that's awesome. But yeah, no, I I think this is going to be a good game. I think SMU steamrolls Houston. Though. Oh yeah, I know I know Holgerson. Look, I know Holgerson mo- better than most. I completely and totally forgot that Holgerson <laughs> was at Houston. I, I am I, sorry. I know Holgerson. I know Holgerson better than most would. SMU's got this win. <laughs> okay, they 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 didn't beat Louisville. Okay, and they barely beat Tulane. So yeah, no, and, and and look, there's already there's already rumblings. Oh yeah, down there. I mean, Holgerson's already been down there for three years. Last year, his seat was getting a little warm. I mean, it was, you know, it, I'm just. Here's the thing with Holgerson. When he was at West Virginia, he got out coached a lot of times, especially with that 2018 team. We had no business being eight and four that year. We had every business to be in the top four yep. with Will Greer and that defense that we had. Yep. I mean, there, there absolutely no business. Now, granted, our defense wasn't what it's like now. It's not as it was not as good as what it was, or it's it, it was not as good as it is now. But still, it we had no business being eight and four, and we just got out coached by a lot of teams. 
and that that was just that was the issue. And so, yeah, I think I think SMU. I don't think they steamroll Houston, but I think they put up a pretty good pretty good lead on Houston. Uh, that is on at the same time as the Ole Miss Auburn game. Uh, it is on ESPN two versus ESPN. Oh, okay. So, you'll have to pick and choose. Yeah. But I mean, scroll back and forth. Yeah. Either one would be awesome to watch this week. Yeah. And then our final game for this week is Virginia BYU. Bronco Bronco Mendenhall gets to see his old team. I know. I'm excited about it. That is the Super Night game at 10:15. Oh, is that Uh, is it at BYU? Yeah, it's in Utah. Ooh, yeah, that is that makes sense. Why it's super super late. Um, Dang, poor old Virginia's got to fly all the way out there. 10:15 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on ESPN two. It is in Utah. Brennan Armstrong. Look, man, he is a stud. Yeah. He is a stud. He, oh, yeah. That he is the reason that they Honestly, are he two. should be in the Heisman race. He really should be. He really should be. And his team's not that bad. They're 6-2. and two. They yeah. lost to a good Wake Forest team. I don't know who else they lost to. Um, it may have been Pitt. Yeah, I think they lost to Pitt. Maybe. Look it up here. Um but I don't, this this one will be a really good game. This will be a good night game. This is like Pac-12 after dark type of deal. Um, Pac-12 after dark. I'm not looking for it to, because soon this will be Big 12 after dark. Oh, yeah. And I don't want West Virginia. I hope this is a game. Like, I hope BYU. UNC. UNC and Wake Forest. Oh, they lost to UNC? Yeah. Dang. Ugh. 59-39. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, because they were leading. And they barely beat Georgia Tech, 48-40. Yeah. But, I mean, still. Still, yeah, no, still. I don't know who I'm going to go. I feel very sympathetic towards the Cavaliers just because, you know, Virginia. But also, like, they're not Tech. So, (laughs) you know, they're not Tech. They hate Tech as much as we do. So, you know, kind of there. So you're going UVA? Mm, I didn't say that. Ah... You know, I really, I really don't know. To be quite honest with you, these are very evenly matched teams. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think, I think BYU is better though, and I'm, for that reason, I think BYU gets the win. I will go UVA on that. I, just because Armstrong, just because yeah, Ar- yeah, just because of Armstrong. I would like now. Don't get me wrong. I'm picking BYU, but I would not be upset if UVA wins. Oh yeah, this is kind of one of those where, you know, again. We both really don't have a dog. Like you no, do no, more I than I do well, because I, BYU's even, coming Big Twelve. Yeah, but even even then, like neither of us have history with these teams. Like oddly enough, there is not a rivalry between Virginia and West Virginia. Yeah, Tell it doesn't me really how that make one sense. Happen. You know, that's, yeah. it's kind of odd. But like Vir- uh, Virginia Tech and West Virginia, I mean, you have the Black Diamond. Mm-hmm. LSU doesn't play either one of these teams. Yeah. Like, we've played BYU a few times. Have you ever played Virginia or Virginia Tech? I don't Tech? think. We've played Virginia Tech twice. Oh, you have? Okay, but you never played. I don't think we've played Virginia, oddly enough. I don't I don't think we've, because Virginia's always been in the ACC. They have, yeah. They've been in there since the 50s. Yeah. Virginia Tech was in the Big East, and that's how we got to be a big rival and things like that. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go BYU. Like I said, I'm not gonna be upset if Virginia wins. I'd like to see them win, go seven and two, be in that conference, the ACC yeah. title. Well, I mean, and they're second, yeah. so they're for sure going to a bowl at this point. Who's is Wake Forest or Pitt in their division? Wake Forest. Wake Forest is in, yeah, uh, they're in the coastal. Okay, so they got to beat. Even then, I don't think they'd beat. 
No, oh, because I've already played Wake Forest. Yeah, then they're not they're not going unless Wake Forest loses three games. They're not going. I don't see happening. I don't see happening. So it, it's going to be a pit. More than likely, it's going to be a pit and Wake um, Forest ACC championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Wake Forest is already. If Wake Forest is already, they've already played Virginia and they're. Yeah, no, Virginia's. But Virginia could get a good bowl game. Did you know the last time that Virginia won an ACC title on its own was in the 80s? That's shocking. And 95 was the last time they won an ACC title, but it was a co-championship. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, really, they haven't been competitive in the 2000s. No. Well, just think about this. They were early... Early on in the 2000s, they were. But for 15 years, they lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Like, like, straight. Straight. 15 years straight. It's not like West Virginia and Virginia Tech where, hey, we played each other regularly. Now we haven't played each other for like five years and then another five years. And then, you know. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see that UVA is kind of on a, you know. On an upswing. On an upswing. It'll definitely make the uh, Commonwealth Cup interesting this year. Yes, and I hope, I hope. Virginia wins that one because yeah. it hurt a little bit that they won it. They finally won it after 15 years. They finally won it, and, and then, then they lost. And then the they lost year. it again. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, those kind of be the games of the week. Um, Cole, which is your favorite? Favorite of this week? The one you're most looking forward to, I guess. Just to say. Uh, as much as I want to say the SEC game, mm-hmm. I'm going Michigan, Michigan State. That one's going to be a good one. I. Th- Michigan and Michigan State would be a good one. I'm going to say either Baylor and Texas or Virginia and BYU. You just want to see Baylor get penalized for horns down, which will happen. It Well, if they put horns down, it's going to be at the end of the game. But I just kind of want to see Texas get beat, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, those are just kind of games to look out for uh, this week. What's Virginia and BYU? What did you say? It was at 1015 on what channel? Uh, ESPN2. Oh, okay. Okay, so there'll be a nationally channel. It yeah. won't be on the BYU network. Yeah, it shouldn't be anyway. So, okay. Well, going into ODAC, here we have some uh, pretty good games that happened this week. Shenandoah beat Emory and Henry 9-7. to seven. Oof. I hated that. I, I feel hated like you I, saying that. I, I feel like this it. is going to be a – this was a boring game. I feel like yeah. that was a boring game. Well – that was a defensive showdown. It could either be a very boring game where either offenses just couldn't get the ball rolling mm-hmm. or the defenses were that good. And there is a difference between the two of them. Yeah. Like you could watch a 0-0 game and be just thrilled. Yeah. Because either offense could be that good mm-hmm. and the defenses are just there to match them. Yeah. Or you could watch a 0-0 game and be bored out of your mind yeah. if there's a turnover every 15 seconds. Yeah. But, yeah, glad to see Emory and Henry falling again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, um, and then Washington and Lee beat Bridgewater 17 to nothing. So, yeah. Oof. Wash, uh, Bridgewater now falls 3 to f- three and 5. 0 oh and 4, I do believe, in the ODAC, um, if I am correct. Yeah. Somebody we said would be at the top of the conference this year is not. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, shocking at that point. Very shocking. But I think, like we said before, it's because of that young team. And then we got poor apprentice. Poor apprentice. They poor. poor I'm, apprentice. I'm pretty sure what happened is that the ODAC reached out to apprentice to try and scout him. Yeah. Hey, we need. Hey, we need somebody like you. You looking to get paid? Yeah. And then apprentice just, uh, man, forty nine to seven lost to Randolph Macon. Um. <sighs> yeah. Poor apprentice, but. 
nothing nothing new coming out of Randolph Macon. We we knew it, you know. We knew Randolph Macon was going to be good. And the only reason they're behind Washington and Lee is because they got that one loss. Washington and Lee is four and zero. Randolph Macon is three and one. So, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, Randolph Macon's good. So we know how good they are. Unfortunately, it sucks. Yeah, uh, you know what else sucks, Cole, is the fact that we lost to Hamden Sydney. <sighs> that one hurt. At a there are going to be there are games that hurt Randolph Bacon. Before you go into your spiel, uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to give a big shout out to Caleb Smith for ODAC Player of the Week. Uh, uh, FCHS grad. FCHS grad. Shout out Caleb. We love you. Does he listen? Does he listen? We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, Caleb Smith went out of his mind this week, mm-hmm. especially coming back off of uh, his season-ending injury last year. Yep. Former uh, teammate of yours. Yeah, former teammate of mine. I blocked for him for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a quarterback, but still, really, really, at the same really, time. Well, he was more like a running back lined up in wildcat formation, you know. Pretty much. Like, I he, mean, he, he, could, could he can still throw. He could still throw, but his specialty was oh yeah, running, run the but ball. That being said, Owen, go ahead. If we lose these three games, and we've already lost two of them, th- these are the ones that really hurt. Randolph Macon. Because we got just crushed by Randall McQuinn. That one hurts. Hamden Sydney, because we we thought like we should have beaten them. We should have walking in, you should have you should have gotten off the bus with three touchdowns over. One hundred percent. You know? Um, and that just that just didn't happen. Instead, Hamden Sydney came out with those three touchdowns. Now the third game, if we lose this one, this one will really hurt. And is if we lose to Emory and Henry. That one will really hurt. Because that'll tech that'll probably be the last time in a long time that Emory and Henry and Farron will play. Yes, and the com- and we have the Crooked Road Classic. You yeah, know. and that rivalry just kind of goes to Emory <coughs> and Henry. Caleb Smith got off the bus running the ball. I mean, he had two touchdowns in the first half, and then yeah. I think he added on another one in the fourth. Yeah, I mean Farron, it just to seal. <sighs> You know, you go. It goes seven to nothing, fourteen to nothing. All right, then Titus Jones comes back with fourteen plays, ninety-two yards. I mean, and then you're you walk into halftime, twenty-one seven. I mean, or I'm sorry, not halftime. You walk into the second quarter, twenty-one seven. They've scored twenty-one points, three touchdowns. Which credit to Farum for responding to that. First yeah, quarter. yeah. Now, however, they, they came back ended. and. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Well, they came, they came back and scored two more touchdowns and and not evened it up, but just about evened it up. Yeah, with, it was 21-21 at one point. Now, I will say this. Right before halftime, Hamden Sydney caught Farham sleeping, caught the defense sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the defense wasn't, wasn't even ready. They weren't even – they were still looking over the sidelines, looking for a play to get called, snapped the ball. Caleb Smith went in there untouched. I mean, completely untouched. Was, yeah. Was not a – did not put up a fight. Um, and and with Farron, that seems to be the Achilles' heel this year is that the defense has not been able to get going. And reverse of what West of what's going on with West Virginia, or what was going on with West Virginia, was the fact that the offense is now having to carry the team on the back, which is fine if you can put up points. Yeah. But if you have a quarter like the first quarter where they put up. Three touchdowns. Yeah, it was and 21-7, and you, you can't come back from three quarters of that. But they did, though. Yeah. They did come back, and by with uh, by the third quarter, about halfway through the f- third quarter, they came back and tied it up. Now, the score, does, the score 
looks bad. Forty-two twenty-eight. The final score looks bad. Yeah. However, I will say though that's only two touchdowns. Yeah, and I mean both of those touchdowns came in the fourth quarter, like what we were saying. And Caleb Smith had that monster fifty-two yard run. Yeah. Did you see all of it? No, I didn't see all of it. I wa- I was able to watch clippets and some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was I, w- I was not able to watch all of it. I had things that were going on that day, but I was able to sit down and watch mm-hmm. a quarter or two of it. So but Caleb Smith sealed the game with that uh, fourth quarter touchdown. Yeah, it was <sighs> with- it was a good game throughout, and I would have loved to have seen it. You know, become a shootout like homecoming. Well, and it was. This was. I mean, this was Hamden Sydney's homecoming game, and Farum had absolutely every chance to walk in there. I mean, Titus Jones really just kind of <laughs> really helped carry this team on the on his back. You know, Titus Jones, Daniel, Daniel Lamb, they all came. You know, you know. I just it was not a good showing for the Farum defense. Offense really just came out and yeah, came out to play. Came out to play. Now, not in that. I w- I won't say in that first quarter, but definitely from quarters for quarter two and quarter three, they really came out to play. They kind of got shut out a little bit uh, for the fourth quarter. But if you look at it too, Hamden Sydney scores after two minutes, or after uh, sorry, after a minute in the um, after a minute in the fourth quarter, they don't score again until a minute left in the fourth. Yeah. So and they I mean, score a looking- minute in. But don't score again until a minute left. Looking at the first downs for Farum and Hampton Sydney, Farum had 31 first downs. What that tells me is that they had some long drives and chewed clock when they 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 couldn't afford to. Oh yeah, well, Hampton Sydney only had 19, so they were able to go. They controlled the game. They had they their time of possession was 41 minutes. Yeah, you controlled the game clock. But Hamden Sydney was quick to strike, you know, 18, 18 minutes with the ball. They look like me playing Madden. <laughs> Quit bomb it down the field. Whereas Farum looked like me playing Madden, throwing it over to the sidelines. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, I mean, it just... You can it, run a different play. That's all I'm going to say. But if it ain't broke, why fix it? If I anyway. beat, if I still beat you with anyway. it, why fix it? <laughs> why fix it? Anyway. Uh, but... Yeah, overall, this was a tough one for for Farum. Um, you tie it up in into the fourth quarter or in in the third quarter, and then they score again in the fourth quarter. It just and the you know defense really tightened up right there in the fourth quarter after that touchdown. But it just yeah, yep, uh, yeah. That's all I gotta say about that. We'll get sued. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. It's whatever. Um, here we go though. It was an offensive showdown. It oh, really for it, sure. It really was. If you want to know, Farron put a five piece up on Hamden Sydney. Five hundred and fifty eight total yards of offense. They, Hampton Sydney did have four fifty six. Four fifty six. Which is a hundred yards less, but they did come away with a win. They did. So. Yep. Uh had over um Farron had a hundred had three hundred and thirty three passing yards and averaged about Seven seven point seven eight yards per pass, which ain't bad. However, Hamden Sydney though they had two hundred and ninety seven yards per uh two hundred ninety seven passing yards, but they averaged thirteen yards per pass. Oof. Like that that's a that's a first down almost every that's a first down oh, every yeah. first down and more every pass. You know, like yeah. like their passing game was on point. And they also converted sixty seven percent of their third downs, which. 
I mean, Ferrum was 55, uh, 11 for 20. Yeah. But Hampton's, I mean, yeah, that well, offense is just explosive. Yeah. It's just, these, the, let me tell you, these stats don't look like a team that's three and four. No. But it does not. look like a team that's three and one in the ODAC. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, they they tighten up when it matters in the you know. Yep, pretty much. <sighs> and unfortunately, in the ODAC, conference standings are what matter. Conference stand, you're out of conference. It doesn't really matter. So, like your apprentice games, your uh, this one this one hurts. Yeah, this one that. The more I look at this, the more it's just infuriating. This is a game that we should have won. <sighs> Which this, is nice yeah. because I mean at least we have the production. We just don't we're have not, the result. Here's the thing: we're not out of the ODEC. However, it, our chances do not look great, though. Yeah, we got to win out. We we have to win out, and Washington and Lee has to lose at least at least two. Randolph Macon has to at least uh, Randolph Macon has to at least lose one more, or at least uh, at least one more. And Hamden Sydney has to lose at least one more. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to beat Guilford. I think we'll beat Guilford. We'll be all right with that one. And then Washington and Lee at Washington and Lee on Saturday the 6th. So that, those, you know, they have to, we'd like to see for Washington and Lee to lose this upcoming week. And then when we play them, we want, of course we want to see them lose. Um, but I just, now Emory and Henry is going to be different because that's no longer, yeah, it is a technically it's, it's not a conference game because it doesn't matter standings wise. Yes. But it would be nice to see yes. us get the Crooked Road, tro- uh, Crooked Road Trophy yeah. uh, back to Farrow. We're good. And obviously, you would think with Caleb Smith running that football that, you know, they just ran all over Farrow. Kind of. But not really. Yeah. Farham had more rushing yards. 225 rushing yards, total rushing yards, averaged four, sorry, averaged four yards per rush. However, that's a lot of yards. Not a whole lot per yard, but they, I mean, that's halfway to a first down every time. Two, if you're, if you're averaging that, two runs, and you're, you got a first down, two play, you know. However, though, however, uh, and, before you say this, I will say Caleb Smith did have that 58-yard run. So that stat for Hampton Sydney take away that 50. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, you got it. That's true. Yeah. So defense did bow. It was just the pass they couldn't. It was hard for yeah. them to handle. But they did bow up against run. You know. Yeah. Um, 159 yards rushing. That includes. So that means they only got without that 50, 52 or 58-yard. I run. think it was a 58. All right. If it's a 58, then they only got a total of 101 yards rushing. Take yeah. take that away. Right over 100. Right over way. 100, which is great defensively. Yeah. Um, but their average rushing attempt was six yards. Yeah. So it's two more yards than what Farron was getting. But I mean, you know, it's just the more I look at these stats, looking at our stats. If you if you did not tell me the score and I see these stats, I'm thinking you would assume Farron won. You would assume Farron won. You know, I just it's you know. <clears throat> now here here's the thing too. Oh, and look at it too. You know, Hamden Sydney only had two interceptions. Farron had one. Yeah, two interceptions for 44 yards. Farron only had one for 15. Farron did have three turnovers, so not the best case. We but didn't have three turnovers. Yeah, fumble. It's Hamden Sydney. Oh, excuse me. Hamden Sydney had three turnovers, which makes it even worse. 
Oh. <laughs> which hurts My bad. a little bit which hurts a little bit more. And also they had three sacks. We got three sacks as well. So what are we talking about with <laughs> with defense? Defense showed up that game. It was just the pass, I guess, the secondary yeah. that was struggling. So um Man, this this hurts me even more reading these stats. Just going having, into player stats. Yeah, we're just gonna get at yeah. Uh, Titus Jones looked like a stud again. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine for forty three, uh, three thirty three with two touchdowns and two picks, two interceptions. Yep. Jo- Joshua El Elber or Elba Elherb. Uh, Joshua Elherb had twenty four rushing carries. Or 24 carries, I'm sorry. 24 carries for 106 yards. He didn't score a touchdown, though. The The man who, the man of the hour, had, who had four touchdowns all day, two passing, two rushing, Titus Jones. 19 carries for 51 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. So, I mean, um, man came out to play. Hampton Sydney, their quarterback, Tanner Bernard. Uh, 14 for 23, 297, three touchdowns and one interception. But, I mean, the player of the game for Hampton Sydney and the ODAC player of the week for offense, Caleb Smith, 21 attempts, 138, long of 52, not 58, mm. and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Tanner, did you say Tanner Bernard also had the, the one interception as well? Uh, yeah, so three touchdowns, one interception for Tanner Bernard. Yep. So it was a little rough. However, Timade Penn, though, Seven receptions, 90 yards. But he was not the one who scored the touch, the two yeah. touchdowns. Daniel, Daniel Lamb. Lamb and Connor Sides. Yep. So Good for them. Hey, look at there, look at there. And then uh, a boy, Nick. Yeah, boy, Nick Cook had three catches, 47 seven. and a 22 yard long. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Good way for to, him. Way to go, Nick. Way to go. I want to see him get another touchdown. I'd love it. Um, and then for Hamden Sydney, Braden Bowling had two receptions for 133 yards. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that's painful. That's ouch. A Rand- that's a Randy. That's like a video game Randy Ooh. Moss number right there. Oh, that one hurts. With two touchdowns, his longest was a 79-yard. That's a bomb. He yeah. averaged 66.5. There's no way. Oh. There is no way. Oh. Um, and then Josh Jones had two receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. That one hurt. <laughs> We're going to move on. We're going to move on. This one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Hopefully next week will be a little Moving bit on to something uh, even more painful yeah, for you. Yeah, even more painful for me. It just building. It builds. It yeah, builds. It's here. just it's a row of pain, and then we'll get to you, and you'll play country roads. Woohoo! <laughs> um, LSU did lose to number ten ranked Ole Miss, thirty-one seventeen. <sighs> <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't laugh. I do feel kind of bad. I was watching the game. I was pulling for y'all. Yeah. Max Johnson did get pulled midway through the third. That one was odd to me when I saw that. I was like, hmm. But Which Ed Orgeron did explain that Max Johnson was going to still be our starting quarterback and there was no quarterback controversy. Yeah, He just wanted to give uh, Neusmeyer some reps going into the fourth quarter. And those reps paid off. I mean, he well, was 7 for 12, 103, and a touchdown. Well, and if you think about it, too, um, he didn't look terrible when he came out to play. No, absolutely But not. if you think about it, too, think about if you play. At that point in the fourth quarter – you're already down 31-7. Yeah. I mean, you gave 
31 un- unanswered, Cole. How do you yeah. feel about that? How does your how do you feel about that after having a defensive performance the past league <laughs> the past week? Not good. Or you, well, your defense, I'm sorry, your defense didn't look too great because it was a <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean when Matt Corral throws 19 for 24, which we did limit him, 19 for 24, 186 and 1. It was their running game, man, yeah. like Yeah. Matt yep. Corral uh, rushed for a touchdown. Henry Parrish Jr. rushed for a touchdown, and then Jerry and Early, uh, Ely, he rushed for one as well. And then two of their running uh, running backs rushed for close to 100 yards. Yeah. So it's like that's 200 yards of offense right there that we just gave up. Yeah. Tyrion Davis Price, I love him. He has the. He listened to my advice one week and then <laughs> he stopped. Said, <laughs> stopped. Yeah. It's going to be an on again, off again thing. Yeah. He's very inconsistent. Like, yeah. Yes, 53 yards rushing. Now, is it him who's inconsistent, or is it the O-line? I mean, it could be either one. It could be both. When I was watching, I saw some run lanes that he did not take. So the O-line was doing its job. It was very much decision-making on his part because the plays that the offensive line blocked correctly, Mm -hmm. he didn't execute. The plays that the offensive line didn't block, he executed. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see, um, we'll see going into our bye week, which again we've already lost because half of our team <laughs> is injured. Uh, so my my score prediction for the bye week is six injuries. Uh, LSU loses thirty eight to zero. <laughs> to who At, LSU? Yeah, LSU loses to LSU. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I'm glad we are getting the bye week. It is very sorely needed. We are hurt. Yes, those bye, and I think that was West Virginia two last week. Was it was it was needed? Mm-hmm. I don't think we realized how much it was needed, but it it was needed. Bye weeks are always needed. You mm-hmm. know, we do play Alabama next week, not this Saturday, but next Saturday the sixth. We'll see hey, just we how well this... governor by then, by the way. Hey, we could. We'll see how well this bye week really did for us because it... it can I... Can I are we good? Do I have to keep talking <laughs> about LSU? <laughs> you like, wanna, I'm just... You, I'm sad Are you at a loss at of words? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love LSU and I will always be an LSU Tiger fan. <laughs> but, but that one Man. Hurt. Yeah. It's like, I'm glad we held the Heisman... Uh, the front runner for the Heisman to 186 and one touchdown. Yeah. But dang, man. Like, that hurt. You just, man, Farham hurts and then <laughs> LSU. Yeah, Farham hurts. It's a bad week for me. It's yeah, it's just, a it, halfway decent week for hey, you. At halfway. least West Virginia won. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, Lord, we're doing this again. So, Cole, Cole do you hear this? Do you, I mean, do you? Do you? Considering you? I'm holding the speaker up to the microphone, of course I hear it, Owen. Take it home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Take me home, country road. Woo! It happened. We finally won on a road game. Finally, after two freaking years, we finally won on a road game. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go.
<laughs> yes! 29-17, West Virginia gets the dub. Don't talk about our overall record, conference record, but the win is all that matters. Three and four. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. At least LSU's four and four. Shut up. At least we have four Shut wins. Shut up. Shut up. I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay. I'm happy. Hey, ball eligibility is looking for a real threat for both of us. It Especially really after is, this but week. If we keep playing this way we played last week, we'll do all right. Look, let me tell you. So, game starts, and TCU returns a the very first kickoff. Me and Dad went, uh-oh. Oh, no. This ain't good. This ain't good. I'm starting to have flashbacks of the Baylor game. That's when I'm you in- both went to the fridge at the same time, cracked a be- Well, he cracked a beer, you cracked a water. I cracked a gla- glass of ice-cold milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's happening again. Milk. <laughs> The scary part is I can see you doing that. I probably did, not going to lie. But that that was a little nerve-wracking. But we came back and we won. I'm pretty sure we won every Yeah, we did actually. We won every quarter except except for the second quarter we tied is a it was 10-10 in the second quarter. Um but let me tell you, man, I was Oh, I was so impressed with how the defense responded, but also how the offensive responded. We didn't call a timeout because we forgot a play. That's a big step. Yeah. Look I at mean, us. Your We're play actually calling is actually play. getting better. We're actually remembering plays. You know, it was, oh my gosh. It was, it was just, it was beautiful. I was so pleased. Daigie had time. The offensive line looked like the most improved group out of that team we were able to run the ball lady brown had over 111 yards rushing and it was just it was so nice so nice to see to see that i was oh my gosh i was so pleased deggy threw did all right garrett green ran was a stud like he usually is but neil brown forgets that but you know what it's all right we won the game um Oh, man, I am just so man. I am so pumped. We finally won a game. It's been it's been too long. It has been three weeks since I've heard Country Roads. You played it last week. Okay, but okay, fair enough. But you know what? It's it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Defense showed out. Got two interceptions over Max Duggan, man, and Zach and and held Zach's, Zach Evans to only sixty two yards rushing. Our defense. Excuse me. Our defense did. Um, so, I mean, I am just – oh, I'm so thrilled. We played efficiently. We played – like, we played a complete game. This is the first time since probably the TCU game or the Kansas State game of last year that we've played a complete game of football. All four quarters, we we executed the way we wanted to. Play calling looked better. I'm not going to say the name of the guy. I'm just going to kind of give a little hint, hint, kind of like a throw it out there. There looked to be like a new play caller out there on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his name rhymes with uh, Deal Town. No, it doesn't. Are you talking about Neil Brown? No. There's oh. a gif- Neil Brown's always on the sidelines. Uh, no, I said there looked like that. Neil Brown's the one who's been calling the plays. Oh. Yeah, him and the co-offensive coordinator Jared Parker. However, oh, there well, was you a, just said that. Yeah. No. 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 He, him, and Neil Brown have always been the ones calling plays. Gotcha. There is a third guy now. Ooh. Yeah. Who's been brought into the mix? Um. So just a little, little. I'm gonna drop that right there and let it soak. Um. 
could say it, let it stew, you know, like a broth or something. <laughs> Welcome to cooking with Owen and Cole. But um, <laughs> but Jarrett Daigie, twenty one for twenty eight, two hundred fifty seven yards. He didn't get he didn't get a um a touchdown, but Lady Brown, my man, twenty four carries, hundred eleven yards, three touchdowns, right there. Good for him. Oh yes, Sean Ryan, four receptions, eighty one yards. I am just I am so pleased, so pleased. Total passing yards, two hundred fifty eight passing yards for West Virginia, averaged nine yards per pass. And zero turnovers. Like we did not turn the ball over. However, TCU, three turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumble. Whoop, whoop. We had a total of 229 rushing yards. So it wasn't only Letty Brown in there, but it was also Tony Mathis and freaking Garrett Green with a 68 yard, uh, not touchdown run, but 68 yard run from his own end zone. So, yup. Uh, but we averaged five point six yards. You could round it up say six yards. Five point six yards per rush. Max Duggan for TCU, six, sixteen for twenty six, two hundred forty four yards, only one touchdown and two interceptions. And let me tell you, those interceptions were some beauties. It was great. Oh my gosh! If you couldn't tell, Cole, I'm pretty happy. I'm on a good soapbox today. I'm yeah, on I don't my have shelf. to claw it off you this yeah, no. week. Well, you might have to because I don't think I'm going to be able to shut up. But um, <laughs> I am pumped. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, oh, my gosh, I'm just so happy. Uh, defense looked good. Offense looked good. We played complete games. Um, Casey Leg, or as we like to call him, Legatron, <laughs> um, man has been perfect all year. However, However, he did get a block kicked. Block kick, but it wasn't on him because the daggone defensive back just flat footed, jumped nine feet in the air, and blocked the kick. So you, you can't really, you know, hate yeah, on you Casey. can't pin that on you, him. You can't pay, especially when he has been 12 of 12 this year. I think 12 of 13 now. If does the block count as a miss? I'm confused. I think uh, technically it does. Okay. But it's recorded as something different. So, okay. like, if you so were he's, just looking at his okay. stats, so it will say twelve for thirteen. Okay. Well, if you cut out the block, he was—he's been perfect on the year. Like, he has been our top scorer of the year because he's been scoring so many points. Letty Brown kind of looked like the Letty Brown of the first part of the year against Maryland, against Long Island, against Virginia Tech. I mean, dude was running all over the place. I was so pleased. I don't know if you saw this or not, but. <laughs> Letty Brown got stopped at the line of scrimmage on a play. Blew up. Play was going nowhere. Next thing I knew, 10 yards down the field, the O-lineman is carrying Letty Brown out of the pile. Go back and check the highlights because he just shoves him and goes, go! Gets the first down. It was great. Offensive line looked much, much improved. I was very pleased with that. I don't want to get too excited, though. I am getting very excited. I feel like I've gotten too excited. I don't want to get too excited, though. We do come back home to play next week, but against a very good Iowa State team. But we'll save that for later. Um, man, I am just – I'm so thrilled. I'm so daggone thrilled. So daggone thrilled. Um, and we really control the th- clock, 35 minutes of possession, you know. So I'm just – oh, I'm so happy. We had 487, 487 total yards of offense. TCU only had 300 – I say only – had 393 yards of offense. But the scores don't really reflect that, you know. Big 12 
football. But the score does not pr- say that. 29-17. Yeah, it was a defensive game. I mean, we West sp- Virginia had three turn or uh, West Virginia forced three turnovers. Exactly. Uh, one interception, uh, Woods, I can't remember his first name, jumps literally over a guy and snatches the ball out of his hands and takes off. That was the interception. I mean, it was, it was just, it was great. And we scored on every possession but one during the game. So that means either touchdown or field goal. Preferably on one of those interceptions and one of those big runs, it should have been a touchdown. However, I like as long as we get points. Like I'm glad we were able to capitalize somewhat for points. And we we remembered not to kick it off to TCU anymore because K State kept doing them pooch kicks, mm-hmm. and it was like that ball had butter all over it. I mean, TCU <laughs> could not handle the ball; it was slipping and sliding out of their hands. I oh my gosh, I am so happy! <laughs> I am just so happy. But uh, but yeah, it was great. I am thrilled. You sound I, like it. I am absolutely thrilled right now. So yeah, but with that, with that, I'm fi- I'll get done now. I'll get done now. Thank you. We'll go into AP top twenty five. <laughs> So Georgia, seven and zero, coming still number one, coming off this bye week. Cincinnati had a close. Cincinnati coming in at, no, at the number two spot had a close win against Navy. I'm glad they didn't drop. I'm glad they didn't drop either. I'm really glad that they didn't drop. They didn't deserve to drop, you know. Yeah, you didn't lose a game. Nope. Um, <laughs> you see why I wanted you to do the top four yes. now. <laughs> number three, Cole. It is your favorite team. Number number three. With a record of seven and one, Alabama. Boo. <laughs> um, All they did was swap spots with Oklahoma. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I see it because Oklahoma almost lost to Kansas. Yeah, you know, at least Cincinnati had a lead for more than one quarter. Uh, Oklahoma's in at number four after a close win against Kansas, which is something I thought I would never have said. But here we are. <laughs> well. And if this is the final four of the year, which it very well could be, especially because it's hard to see how the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to go. Yeah. Um, And the Michigan-Michigan State game as well. Yeah. Um, This very well could be the final four, like Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma. Yeah. I wouldn't be too upset with that. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, sure. mm -hmm. Oklahoma, sure. As long as Cincy stays up there. Yeah. I'm I'm happy with it. Well, I don't want to see two SEC teams in there. I really I really don't. Uh and technically three. <clears throat> they're still in the Big Twelve. As long as they got that Big Twelve logo on the field, they're in the Big Twelve. Mm. Um but I I'd rather see it Georgia, Cincy, Oklahoma, and then Ohio State or Michigan. Like have a have a um true conference. Conference. Which yeah, it really it's not just be. the SEC championship. Yeah, it really should be. Like I don't And this is what irritates me. Alabama drops from one to five on an unranked Texas A&M team that everybody thought, oh, my gosh, I don't like Texas A&M is not that good. I don't know all about that. They dropped from one to five. Coastal loses to a good App State team and drops from 14th to what, 24th? Yeah, they dropped That's ridiculous. There's no reason. Iowa State went from two to eight or nine when they lost. Uh, two to eleven. See, that's that. Yeah, it's it's that, it's some bull. That is some bull, and I'm glad you, as an SEC fan, agree with me. That yeah, like I I am maybe for Georgia, but definitely not for Alabama. I am not going to cheer for my conference. Like possibly Georgia, possibly yeah, well, not Alabama. Yeah, no, and it's it. 
like I hate the favoritism. Like it is blatant, blatantly showed, and I hate the favoritism of the SEC. <sighs> it's just moving on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ohio State number five, uh, six and one. Michigan number six. I think we've said it three times now. Oh yeah, we for sure have. I'm waiting. Jim Harbaugh, for, are you coming? <laughs> I'm waiting for Andrew Moss to come around the corner. Uh, Oregon number seven, six and one. Pac-12. First Pac-12 team uh, ranked in the top ten. Uh, only Pac-12. Team. Only Pac-12 team ranked in the top ten all year. Uh, Michigan State comes in at number eight, so that's going to make that Michigan Michigan State game interesting this week as both are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in at number nine is Iowa. They move up from number eleven. Four Big Ten teams in the top ten. I tell you what. SEC better watch out because Big Ten's going to give them a run for their money this year. There are <clears throat> three SEC schools in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Ole Miss comes in at number 10 and the 11th spot, Notre Dame, 6 and 1. They're kind of being the ones that fly under the radar. I don't think anybody's taking them any really seriously. It's hard to. It's especially after how the year started off with a close win to Florida State and a close win against Toledo. Yeah, it, it's hard to take Notre Dame serious in any year, but this year especially. Yeah, Kentucky in the twelfth spot, six and one. And in which the only reason why they dropped to fifteen was because they lost to number one ranked Georgia. Yeah. Or number, I think they were still no, they were number one because Alabama mm-hmm. lost to Texas A and M. Wake Forest comes in at thirteen. Uh, seven and zero. Oh. The on, the a- ACC's only hope at this point. Yeah, besides Pitt. Hmm. Eh. <laughs> uh, number 14, Texas A&M, 6-2, and two, SEC. Number 15, Oklahoma State, Big 12. Number 16, Baylor, 6-1, and one, Big 12, moving up from 20. So, big jump for them. I hate that I got to start off with this team. Golly. Owen, can you please tell us who is number 17? Pitt. Ooh. Oh, how does it feel, bud? <sighs> How does it feel? Steam. I would play Sweet it's, Caroline, it, it, but I don't want to get flagged as explicit. Yeah. Gosh, this this really stinks that we keep talking about Pitt for three like three weeks in a row that Pitt has been brought up on this show. It makes me a little sick. Not gonna lie. Um, Virginia <laughs> Tech has as well, but you know it's it's whatever. Uh, Auburn comes in at eighteenth, five and two, SM, over a seven and zero, number nineteenth ranked SMU. And then 20th ranked, woo, woo, Penn State really dropped from, see, and see, this is what I'm talking about. Penn State was seventh. They lose to Illinois, to an unranked Illinois team. They drop from seven to 20th. I mean, like, but if Alabama does that, they did do that. Oh, it's just a bump in the road. It's It's like if a two-loss Alabama would show up in the top they're five, still, they're I wouldn't still be surprised. Cons- yeah, they're st- they would still consider Alabama, oh, if Cincinnati loses, Alabama can move up there and be in the... In the number two spot. In the number two spot. No, no, that's not how that works. Well, I mean, Cincinnati- that's that's what happened when Alabama went on to win the national championship against Georgia. Yeah. Uh, not last year, but I think... 2018. Like yeah, 2018. Years ago, I think so. They were two-loss. Yeah. Yeah, they lost twice. Yeah, and they still... It, Which, it, granted... 
one of those was it's, a last second field goal, but still. Well, and here's the thing too: like the committee needs to realize, look, it's okay that Alabama loses is not going to be in the playoffs. It's more likely, you're going to get more money for Alabama not being in there because nobody wants to see them in yeah, there. Yeah, no one wants to see Alabama because I think they've been in the playoffs every year with the exception of 2019. Yeah. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. But like that, it, you're, it's okay that Alabama is not in the top. Like if they don't yeah. go for it, you know, it was it's so it was so nice to see even Alabama out of the top ten. You know, which is yep. rarely ever unheard, rarely heard of, unheard of really in the Saban era. Yeah. yeah, and they still got a New Year's Six bowl, I think after that. You yep. know, it's just it's it's absurd the favoritism that Alabama gets, and it's not it's not it's fair. The exact same as Texas. Yeah, like it just doesn't. And even though Texas, like Texas, is no longer in the top twenty-five because they're genuinely bad, and you you kind of force your hand for that one. But again, with Alabama, it's okay. We don't. You're losing money by keeping them in there. Really, you yep. know, like that college football playoffs. They're hurting. Yep. They're hurting, the, especially the championship game the past three years because Clemson and Alabama have been going at it. Granted, LSU was got thrown in there at one time, but. Still, Clemson was still in that game, you know. Yeah, so, it was. It, it's always oh, who's Alabama going to play in the national championship game? Yeah. So, <sighs> moving on, number twenty-one, San Diego State, seven and zero in the Mountain West, mm-hmm. uh, moved up one. Iowa State comes mm-hmm. up, still ranked twenty-two. Uh, they're five and two in the Big Twelve. Y'all will have fun with them. It's at. It's a home game. It's a home game. So uh, UTSA. Moving up one spot, eight and mm-hmm. and then Coastal Carolina falling off from fourteen to twenty four, and they only lost one game, and it's that's yeah to a very good App State team that yeah. honestly should be ranked. Yes, and then rounding out the top twenty five, BYU six and two. Yep, yep, and a good another good BYU team who is probably better than some of these five and two teams. Like you know, like it's a it's a good possibility. Yeah, you can make a case for a lot of these teams to flop around. Yeah, but we're going to go uh, other ones that received votes. Hey, Arkansas received some votes. Arkansas received 36 votes. The Raging Cajuns. Raging. Louisiana Lafayette receives 32 votes. NC State receives 28. And Houston receives 12. UVA receives 9. Oregon State receives 7. Arizona State receives 7. <sighs> Texas received six. Horns, Horns down. down. App State received five. Florida received three. Minnesota received one. And UCLA, UCLA is still hanging on. They received one as By well. By a thread. By a thread. So something that we didn't outline, Cole, but something I wanted to uh, kind of spark your interest. Granted, it's a group of five kind of realignment deal, but it is, nonetheless, it's still realignment. So anybody, uh, and I encourage anybody to go look this up. I don't know how reliable this is, but there are several articles being written about it. The one I read was from uh, actionnetwork.com. It is referring to realignment of the Sun Belt. So from what this is saying is pretty much that Conference USA is done because they just got poached by the AAC, which I think is always kind of funny. We have a Conference USA and then the American Athletic Conference. You know, like it's just, boy, they love us some America. You know? <laughs> Real patriots and group Real of five. Patriot. Well, I, yeah, I love it, but, you know, it's whatever. However, though, there are some teams that are 
getting kind of shuffled around. So by this article, it is pretty much saying unless Conference USA does something, they're going to be done because they're getting poached once again. Suppose that Old Dominion is the latest conference, ODU is the latest conference to move out of the Conference USA to the Sun Belt. It is also suspected that the the Sun Belt is is to add Marshall, Southern Miss, and James Madison University. Great fit. Great fit. Great fit for the Sun Belt, honestly, across all of those teams. I I believe with this new realignment, the Sun Belt is starting to emerge as, as your top the, contender, as the top Group of Five contender. Yeah. A, the AAC just got poached. Now you're adding a very good Marshall team. You're adding a good, a, like a great JMU team, because or a J, great. I don't know. I wouldn't say great JMU team. Granted, they are. They only have one loss this year in the FCS, but they are a great program FCS yeah. wise. So that's a good fit. You have Coastal. You have App State. There's a big rivalry between Marshall and Appalachian State. You have ULL. So there, there's just, you know, there, there's a lot of good competition-wise programs moving to the Sun Belt. Which they won't begin until 2023, right? Yes, which is what I'm saying. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, here it says, while USM, University of Southern Mississippi, Old Dominion are officially on board. Marshall and James Madison have not officially applied for Sunbelt membership yet. Sunbelt membership yet. But that is simply considered a formality, sources say. So that means... Yeah, Marshall... Yeah, it's going to happen. Marshall and JMU are going to go to Sunbelt. From what I'm hearing is that JMU and Marshall... JMU specifically, I haven't heard much about Marshall, but JMU specifically... They're expected to announce to move up to FBS within the uh, by Thursday. I'm excited for this. This makes Sunbelt football pretty good now, you know. But I'm also excited to see an FCS team kind of move up. The last one we saw move up was um, Liberty moving up from FBS to now independent. And honestly, Liberty could be ranked in the top 25. They were last year. They were last year. They're six and two right now. Um, they had a close close win against North Texas. They should at least receive votes. They should at least receive votes. Now we'll see how that happen. Now we'll see how well Liberty is when they roll into Oxford later this year. Yeah, that that'll be a good game for sure. Um, yeah, I'm be interested to see how Liberty does. And Liberty, I think, is going to be like a BYU in the fact that eventually they're going to kind of start. Um, they have their own TV network. Did you know that they have their yeah, own? Yeah, they show, have the Flame Channel. The Flame Channel, yeah, the Flames uh, or Flame Central or something like that is yeah. what it's called. I was watching it the other day, um, but you know, I feel like it'll be only a matter matter of time till Liberty is like BYU and they start consistently scheduling themselves more and more Power Five opponents because right now, unlike BYU, and this is just personally speaking, unlike BYU, where I view BYU as a Power Five independent. Liberty is still considered that group of five independent. Yeah, and they're working on that transition. They're working on that transition. They have the money to do it. They need um, their stadium only seats about twenty five thousand, twenty between twenty five and thirty thousand, which is roughly the same of what JMU is. I'm just super excited about JMU. There's another Virginia school that's now moving up to FBS. Yeah, you know, right now there's four. Now it's going to be five. So you know it. 
I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see JMU. I think they'll be a good fit. I think there is going now. I think JMU fans also need to understand there is going to be that grow. There are going to be some massive growing pains. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you get that with any program making the jump. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm not going to. Now I'm not saying, oh, they're going to go. They're going to go winless next year. No, yeah. I think they'll win some games. I think there's definitely games that they'll win. But it is going to be tough to win those games. Um, but you still, you know, I'm. I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to see it. Um, FC uh, JMU is finally taking that step. It's been talked for a long time. Is will JMU ever take that step up? Now the question is: Is are the Dakota schools going to step up, or North yeah, Dakota State? North Dakota State finally going to make the jump to FBS? And I think if Mountain West teams had gotten poached, they would. And I think yeah. that's what's kind of holding North Dakota State back. But also too. JMU's lucky because they have that Harrisonburg market. They have that kind of yeah. DC also market. Like there, there are a ton of JMU fans now. They're I don't know if they're nationwide like some other schools, but there is also here in Virginia there is a ton of JMU fans. Um, but for North Dakota State, what's so special about North Dakota? I mean, they don't have Mount Rushmore. Exactly, South Dakota's got to beat on that. So, like, what, what is so special about you know, like that's and that's not knocking North Dakota. It's just you're in an unfortunate. There's not place really a geographically. lot market wise. There's not a lot market wise now. Maybe North Dakota State can be that market. It's like saying Utah and Utah State. Yeah, it's like there's not really a whole lot of except for Salt Lake though. There's Salt yeah. Lake City, BYU's kind of up there. It kind of close to there. They're in Provo, so. Yeah. Um, but that's the same way with Boise and Idaho. Like Boise is the Idaho is like Idaho's biggest market. But yeah. um but yeah, no, just in on conference realignment, be kinda looking out for this. Um I know this podcast may come out Thursday or Friday. Um but just kinda you know, be on the lookout for this of Marshall and JMU on when they expect to uh announce that they're moving to the Sun Belt. Wanna get into Oh, West Virginia recap. I still talk. <laughs> yeah, this is you, man. You are on the soapbox tonight. I I am glad. So I'll, I'll go mine to give give your vocal cords a little bit of rest. No, I can, I, I'm, I'm fine. I can still go. I don't know if the listeners want me to keep talking. Um, I'll make it quick. I'll make it quick. West Virginia plays Iowa State <laughs> this week. It's at 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. It's at West Virginia. It's in Morgantown. So it's a rock and rowdy place. I'm excited Iowa State is ranked... They are twenty two, and they're starting to five and two. They're starting to hit a really good stride here late in like this October, November, late October, early November. They're built for late season football. They're built for late season football, but it makes me feel better that they are coming to Morgantown. That we have that that twelfth man. I'm looking for more consistency. We need to play good. We need to play just like we did last week, but we need to take it up another level. Iowa State's a good football team. They're still in the. They're still in the running. Possibly kind of a dark horse now, but they're still kind of in the running for the Big 12 championship. You know, I, I, it's going to be a close game. I'm not going to lie, but I, I think I honestly believe, and this isn't like I honestly believe West Virginia can pull the upset and get the win at home against um, Iowa State. I, I think so. I know Iowa State's playing their best football, but it's you know it's hard to beat West Virginia at home. Texas Tech did it because we weren't coming out, but uh, there is some life rejuvenated in the WVU fan base. You know, we we want we're coming off a a big win against TCU. Haven't won a road game in a while. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited for that. I think West Virginia wins. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know for a score. I'm gonna say, um, you know, they have, they have their Heisman candidate running back. They have uh, Brock Purdy at quarterback, but Brock Purdy hasn't been playing his best football this year. Um, you know, I just. I, I don't know about a score prediction that I can give confidently enough. Uh, I'm going to say 28-19. West okay. Virginia gets the win. But it's going to be a one-score game, I think. I think most of these games that within the next uh, – let's see. Well, the, I mean, the next four or five into, games are going to be a close, gonna be you, close games. Now you're going into your rivalry games. You're also going into, okay, this is the time that we are vying for bowl eligibility. And in West Virginia's case – it's more so on the ladder. Yeah, which because if y'all win out, you are right there on the threshold. Yeah, we're, we're eight and f- if we win out, we'll be eight and four. We can afford to lose one more game and still be bowl eligible. Yep. I don't want um, them. I don't want us to lose another game. But do you, by chance, remember the score prediction you made for LSU Florida? I think it was forty-two thirty-five, something like that. Cool. Uh, I'm going Iowa State forty two thirty five. Thanks. Just to be petty. I knew I, I've been expecting it all week. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I'm yep, nope. I like, don't it is it is no I honestly think West Virginia, like you were saying, has a great chance to win this game and shock a lot of people. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. If you don't shoot yourselves in the foot. And that's honestly what I see happening this week because you're going to be overconfident coming off of the TCU uh, TCU win. Well, you know what? You know what, Cole? I see LSU shooting themselves in the foot in their bye week, so I don't want to hear. <laughs> LSU already lost the bye week. I know. It's not even there's, Saturday there's yet. There's so no you know kind what? of preview or anything. Like... <laughs> So feel free to watch the West Virginia game with me. You yeah, know? it's on ESPN Plus. So, but uh, but yeah, like we said, LSU's in a bye week this week. Yeah, there's there's not really a whole lot to preview. Um, Ed Orgeron is at this point he is gone at the end of the season. Um, what I am hoping for is that we do not kill ourselves and reset all the progress we made under Coach O. And we actually hire a fairly competent coach instead of um, Les Miles is coming back, baby. Please no. Um, well, I know you love Les Miles. I love Les Miles, but it was it's very much a it's very much a Ed Orgeron situation. Uh, where were there a lot of scandals coming out from? No, him? Oh, all okay. of the talent that Les Miles had when he won his national championship mm. was Saban's team. Ed Orgeron doesn't really have that luxury because it was Orgeron's talent. Mm-hmm. But so but, that means he recruited Joe Burrow and, yeah. I, and all those guys, you know? So, But we'll see. We'll see uh, what LSU does uh, recruitment-wise, especially after the year where we will not have a coach or a solid coaching option. And I, I could be wrong. Lane Kiffin might come. Davo Sweeney might come. There's There's – there's so many options right now. Mm-hmm. We might get Joe Brady back, uh, our former offensive coordinator. Um, it's just there are so many rumors and not a lot of news coming out of this. And it's going to be – I think it's going to be that way before the end of the season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it'll be that way before the end of the season. Uh, you'll have a new head coach by next year. Oh, we'll have a new head coach before summer. Yeah. Like I think, oh well, you got to if you're gonna have, you know, you'll have a new head coach by spring. We'll have by spring to, game. Yeah, we'll have to have a new head coach by spring ball at least. Yeah. 
Um, going into ODAC standings, Washington Lee is still sitting on top of the conference. They're 4-0 in the conference and 4-1 overall. Or 6-1 overall, excuse me. Uh, Randolph-Macon, 3-1 right behind them. They're 7-1 overall. Hampton-Sydney moves up. They are 3-1 in the conference, 3-4 overall, which just goes to show you, again, it's it's more about ODAC standings than anything else when it comes to the playoff picture. Unfortunately. Uh, Ferrum does fall to the fourth spot. Yep. They are two and two in conference, five and two overall. We've played seven games. Mm-hmm. Shenandoah is right behind them. We're tied. We're pretty much tied for the fourth spot. Yeah. Fourth spot. Um, two and two in conference, five and two overall. Bridgewater, zero oh and four in conference, three and five overall. And then Guilford, poor, poor Guilford. They are zero oh and four in conference and one and five overall. <laughs> Speaking of Guilford. Speaking of Guilford. That's who we pl- that's who Ferrum plays next week. And I'm gonna tell you what, Ferrum's gonna be out for blood. Out for blood in this one. What I am worried about is this could easily become a trap game. This I'm afraid it could be another apprentice game, you know. Yeah. This could be a oh, we should beat the brakes off these guys, no sweat, and then we end up in a really tight win or a last second field goal situation. However, however, when you walked into that apprentice game, you were walking in Three and O, two and O, yeah. Hat and this Ferrum team has grown quite a good bit since the Apprentice. You're game. coming in off of some adversity. You're going to be out for blood for this against this Guilford team at home. It is a Hall of Fame game. Which, by the way, West Virginia is also going to be a Hall of Fame game. The goat Major Harris is going to be there retiring his number nine. Nice. Yes. Um, so Ferrum, it's a Hall of Fame game as well this week at two p.m. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, Ferrum's gonna be out for blood. Their defense is gonna be on. I, I I hope I hope their defense will be on top of it. Titus Jones is gonna be is just gonna be Titus Jones. Like I just I think that he is just gonna be Titus Jones. Like I you know Titus Jones, Tamate Penn, Daniel Lamb, Nick Cook, Zach Smiley. I mean they're all yeah. Um, Our offense is going to show up to this game. Yes, and I I honestly I've got Ferrum winning. I got him point thirty five seven. Yeah, I've got him winning forty two seven. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, like it. This should be a blowout for Ferrum. It should be. It should be. I don't want it to be a trap game, but it. It like I said, it should be a blowout. Owen, you know I like to end things on a question. <laughs> Go ahead, hit me, Cole. From. And I'm not going to test your football knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't please don't do that because. If it was West Virginia football knowledge, uh, maybe. Um, from the year 2000 on, mm-hmm. who would you consider the most overrated Heisman winner? And when I say that, uh-huh. I'm talking about college career and I'm talking about NFL career. Okay. Because in the case of technically Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. he had a phenomenal college career and well, a halfway decent NFL career. Well, if you think about it, all of these guys have not not all of these, but most of these guys have had phenom had phenomenal. Yeah. If they're a Heisman winner, they had a phenomenal college career. They at However, least had one great season. Let's see here. Hold on. There is 
two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's only seven out of this list from 2000 that are currently eight. eight. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark Ingram's still in there. Um, Mark Ingram got traded to the Saints today. He's very happy about that. Um, there's only eight in here who are starting yeah, and still have a career, still have a career in um, in the NFL. If you want to know mine, Sam Bradford. Sam That's Bradford. Fair. He, I mean, I, you know, he's good at Oklahoma, but I'm and, and Jackson won't like this because <laughs> you know. But I mean, he lost to West to West Virginia, the one of the best West Virginia teams, and in the um, oh, in the in the uh, Fiesta Bowl back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going with Sam Bradford on this one. I hadn't done much. Uh, didn't do hardly anything. He in, played for the Rams for a while, and then he his bones turned to paper, and yeah, now he's working commentary. Yeah, if, if that, I mean, Tebow does more than he does. At least T, Tebow still do. You could make a case for Tim Tebow, but even then, the man went out and played. He played. He tried to come back for football. Football didn't work out. Went to go play for the Mets. He was hitting dingers in you know double A AA and triple A ball. Came back, tried out for the Jaguars, didn't make it. But I mean, the, you know, he's still he's still athletic. He tried, like yeah. he's he's trying. Sam Bradford, you don't hear of him anymore. Like you just no. You. The 2012 Heisman winner, out of Texas A and M, drafted 22nd overall by the Cleveland Browns. That should say something too. Yeah. I feel like that dra- that draft pick there should really say something. If you do not know who I'm talking about, it is Johnny Football, <laughs> Mr. Manziel himself. He has had more off-the-field incidents than passing yards. He was a stud his freshman year at Texas A&M. He threw for 2,029 yards. After that, he was not good. No. He sucked for the Browns. He, I think he's playing in the Arena Football League right now, and he's halfway decent. But if you want to look at anyone who just did not have any kind of motor whatsoever about college football or about football in general, it is Johnny Manziel. He will always go down as one of the worst or one of the best cases of what if. Oh, yeah. Because I think he was athletically talented and he was gifted. He 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 at that time Baker is Johnny Manziel 2.0. He's got the swagger, he's got Baker the Baker is Johnny Manziel if Johnny Manziel actually cared about football or actually cared about what he was doing off the field. Now, granted Baker had some little hiccups there off the field, but it wasn't nothing career ending, you know. So um no, I I agree with that one. Johnny Man, I mean nothing nothing when you put Johnny Manziel in the same category as Ryan Leaf, like that, mm. who was that? Uh, Ryan Leaf was the guy who was drafted before Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. Uh, he got drafted by the Chargers when they were still in San Diego, uh-huh. and everyone was excited because they were pairing him and LT together. Gotcha. Uh, Ladaney and Tomlinson. Man, you're old. At it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I ought to smack you. (laughs) 
give gay up. Shut the fuck up. Let's end this shit. <laughs> okay. Edit. <laughs> you okay? I'm fine. Did, did I hurt the old man's feelings? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, that about wraps us up here on the Panther Pod. Be sure to tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you can listen to podcasts. We're there. Check us out uh, at the Panther Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Panther Instagram. Pod Twenty One on Twitter. Panther Pod Twenty One on Twitter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just look for the Panther Pod. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. And we'll- send us an email at pantherpod twenty one at gmail dot com. Uh, on that happy note. I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is episode nine of the Panther Pod. <laughs>